The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Welcome to Passion. Wow, it is cold out. This is a night to snuggle up to the one you love and maybe listen to the radio and a little bit of sex talk. I was in Toronto this weekend and it was cold for their standards, like 10 degrees warmer than here. We, they got maybe a fifth of the snow that we got and they're all in a panic. The, like the city shuts down. It's quite interesting to see. You know, like, oh, that's just a regular winter day in Montreal. Uh, so quite interesting. Uh, coming up after 10.15, we're going to focus on men and sex and look at the latest research. I think you're going to be surprised. We're going to be dispelling lots of myths. Uh, Dr. Sarah Hunter-Murray will be joining us. She is a sex researcher. She's the author of a book called Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men, Sex, and Relationships. i got lots of questions for her about her research, which I think will surprise uh, all of us a little bit. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Remember that you can always send me an email during the week at any point, uh, laurie at drlaurie.com or through your iHeartRadio app. So I got this one by email. Uh, Please can you help me? I keep on being called a freak, pervert, dirty leza, and dirty pig by people. Is it abnormal for a woman to watch lesbian porn? Is lesbian rape or incest porn abnormal to watch or read as erotic stories? Uh, Good question. These questions about is this normal, am I normal, of course, uh, happen just about every day. So I don't know who's calling you these names, but this is not abnormal at all. In fact, if we're talking about women... Um, being aroused by girl-on-girl porn or lesbian porn, that's actually very common and very normal. Rape fantasies, believe it or not, are also very common, and don't mistake this for a desire. Fantasies are fantasies. They are not wishes. They are not, hey, I wish to be raped because you have a rape fantasy. In a fantasy, you are in control of the situation. You know that it is uh, not real, all right? Um So it doesn't, whatever fantasies we have does not mean that it's something that we wish would happen in, uh, in real life. It's like if you love horror movies or gory movies, you know, some people like the blood and guts and everything. Does that mean you secretly want to kill? You're, uh, you're secretly a murderer? No, absolutely not. So it is fantasy. And frankly, the people who are calling you names are uh, pretty ignorant and, and close-minded. And those are nasty names to be called and not, not quite fair, I don't think, in this situation. All right, I am a male who likes to wear pantyhose, panties, dresses, and then call phone sex lines, I didn't even know those still existed, uh, to get off. What can or should I do? So first of all, this sounds like a a transvestitic uh, fetish, uh, and like any fetish, 
as long as you're not hurting anyone or you're not hurting yourself, there's really nothing to do, right? Of course, also the, the spending of money. If you're spending uh, all of your money and you can't buy food because all your money is going to this, then we're looking at uh, compulsive sexual behavior, whatever that, whatever uh, form that compulsion takes, it would be considered compulsive sexual behavior. If you spend a lot of money doing this or hours uh, at a time uh, doing this kind of thing. So if it is causing you uh, some kind of psychological hardship or uh, relationship hardship or financial hardship, then I, I would suggest you speak to a professional about it and deal with the addictive part of this, deal with the, the compulsive nature of this. Otherwise, you could go online and you could probably find hundreds if not thousands of forums where you can meet other people just like you, where you can meet other transvestites, get the support, maybe find out other avenues that may not cost you money uh, to, uh, to fulfill this, this fetish of yours. So there are different, different things you can do. Uh, two questions. I love wearing male thongs. Can't tell if this is a male or female male thongs. I like the way I feel in them. Is this common? Because it seems, uh, most people frown on them. Uh, secondly, where is the best place or way to find a loyal and faithful girl that's into swinging? So yeah, two questions here. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, like male thongs, meaning like the stuff, the strippers wear that kind of stuff, or are we talking about female underwear? Because if we're talking about female underwear, then it's like the last question. It would be transvestism. Um, but again, if let's just say it's a male thong, that's a preference. That's the kind of underwear you like. Maybe you like the feel of them. Maybe you don't like your pant, your underwear lines and your jeans. I, I don't know if, if it feels good and you're okay with it. Fine. Uh, I, I can't say that men wearing thong underwear is common. I can tell you that women wearing thong underwear is very uh, common today. And if you're a male wearing female underwear, that's more common than we probably all uh, think or assume. It's just that it's worn under clothing, but that would be part of that transvestitic uh, fetish, which can go to extremes. You have people who just like to wear female undergarments, and then you have those that like to completely dress up as uh, as women. So you, you there are... Uh, different, uh, varying degrees, uh, of this, but if your behavior is not distressing you in any way, if your behavior is consensual, then it's not an issue. Now, in terms of finding a partner who is, um, into swinging, the best, the best way to go about this is to go onto a swinging website that where you could meet other people like a like-minded partner. It's unlikely that you're just going to, you know, meet somebody and then throw it at them and find out whether they're into swinging or not. Better to find out early on 
than to develop a relationship with someone, especially if this is something, if non-monogamy is something that is one of your values, you need to find someone else that shares the same value rather than spring it on them and hope that they would be into the same thing uh, that you are. So to me, it's always best to discuss your desire to be non-monogamous right from the start when you're dating someone new so that you don't get into this kind of, uh, this kind of trouble. So coming up, we're going to talk about men and sex. Any uh, sex myths uh, around surrounding men that you want discussed, you'll be able to ask our sex researchers some questions as well. Uh, and the best one, of course, is men aren't, aren't always in the mood. And this is the title of the book, Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men, Sex, and Relationships. Lots of stuff to discover. on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Before I get to my guest who I know you're going to love, let me just share a couple of texts with you. Uh, One texter says, I don't think that porn is perverted if all actors are of age. Uh, And this is in response to somebody who was called perverted because they enjoyed watching uh, lesbian porn and rape fantasy porns and such. Another uh, texter writes, Dr. Lori, I asked my girlfriend if I could do a facial on her. She said, no, does she not love me? So uh, facial uh, means ejaculating on partner's face. She said, no. What do you think? It, why would you think it has to do with her feelings for you? Uh, we can certainly not like something and it has no indication or no, it it doesn't mean that she doesn't care about you. So does that mean that if uh, you ask her to do anything, uh, she should do anything to show or prove that she loves you? That's just not going to happen. So uh, no, that that's not how it works. We're all entitled to have our boundaries, our sexual boundaries. We all have them. We all have our, our do's and don'ts and, and no ways and, and what have you. And that's perfectly okay and does not indicate the love that a person has uh, for you. All right. I want to talk about this. This I've been waiting a long time to discuss this. Uh, the book is coming out uh, mid-February, February 12th to be exact. You could pre-order it now. I re- highly recommend it. Loved it. Got a preview. Uh, not always in the mood. The new science of men, sex, and relationships. We don't see much written about men and sexuality and relationships, but now we're going to learn a whole lot about it. Uh, so I've got on the line with us a sex researcher and author, Dr. Dr. Sarah Hunter-Murray, the author of Not Always in the Mood. So excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is great. What a great book. And I love that the book is split up into many, many different myths. As I was going through, I was going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, like how many myths are there? There's so many. Um What's the, what would you say is the main thing, if, if, if there is one thing that we are getting wrong when it comes to men and sexuality? Um, the biggest thing I think that we get wrong when it comes to men and sex, and particularly men's sexual desire, 
is that as a society, we seem to hold this idea that men want sex all the time. It's this constant, steady pulse, like always on their mind, always what they're interested in. And um, it really doesn't give any room for the nuances of men's sexual desire, which I'm finding is that it's much more complex. There are certainly times where men aren't in the mood. What they want from sex isn't always this physical need to get off. There can be this emotional component mm-hmm. to it. Um, and essentially, it's this idea that men's sexuality is simple and surface level. Um, and my book, um, <laughs> based on years of clinical experience and research, um, suggests it's anything but the case. And it's not just uh, men who feel that way. Like I see men in my practice who, let's say, don't feel like having it all the time, who think there's something wrong with them, or their partners who think there's something wrong with with their uh, male partners because they don't want it all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. It goes both ways. Um, And so a lot of my research and clinical experience is um, with heterosexual couples, or at least uh, men and women who are in relationships with one another, even if they identify with a different sexual orientation. Um, But men feel, um, from my experience and talking to them, and I do interview men um, frequently, so I am kind of trying my best to reflect their voices and what they share with me. But men do talk about how there's this pressure that they face that there's this idea of what a real man looks like. You know, there's these jokes like, of course, you're always in the mood. Um, You know, I would never say no to a sexual opportunity. You know, if it's there, you'll take it. So there's this kind of self-fulfilling thing happening um, within within men and, you know, this idea of that kind of like locker room talk. Um, But the interesting thing is just what you were suggesting there is that women who date men also hold this idea. Um, And I actually find that it's women who are quite distressed when their male partner – shows anything but a high level of sexual interest. Um, And and so that's really where some of these problems are are showing up in in couples that I work with uh, clinically. And it's also one of the reasons that men talk about kind of feeding into that stereotype sometimes. They're not sure if their female partner would be okay with his lack of interest in sex at times. It's interesting because when, if a woman expresses low desire, men are like, oh, okay, they don't take it personally. But if a man expresses a lower desire or or turns down their female partner for sex, she has a tendency of taking it personally as if you must be getting it elsewhere or it's me. What am I doing wrong? Absolutely. We're so used to talking about women's low sexual desire. I mean, we consider it the most common sexual problem that women report. Um, But because we have this idea, again, men, women, socially, we just kind of talk about men and their sexual interest as high and constant. So we do kind of tend to freak out. What's going on if you're not in the mood? Is it me? This goes so beyond the stereotype, but we hold on to it and believe in it. And so women do tend to take it personally. Is it me? Does he not find me attractive? Is he having an affair? Potentially Mm -hmm. these ideas that it must be something going on rather than just normal human variation um, and and lack of interest at times, which is completely normal. Right. My guest is Dr. Sarah Hunter-Murray. She is the author of Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of men, sex, and relationships. You can pre-order your copy uh, on Amazon or any of the uh, big booksellers. It will be out officially on February 12th, and I highly, highly recommend this as a just to expand our knowledge on uh, on male sexuality. So I want to share a text message with you, uh, Dr. Murray, and let me know 
what you think. Um, What I'm frustrated with is in the beginning of the relationship, some men are in a rush to have sex for the first time. Then they do not seem to have the need for the same frequency as me. I think it is because they hadn't had sex in a while, but then it isn't such a priority unless they go without it for at least a few days. So maybe going to a guy's house too early in a relationship isn't wise because sometimes there is pressure at first and I can go along, I can go along without sex after a while until I'm with a partner, but I need it very frequently once I start having sex. So I think this is written from a a woman who, um, who may, maybe experiences a higher level of desire than, than a partner. Yeah, that, that's what kind of caught my ear too as you were, um, as you were reading that. So, um, what stands out to me is this woman, um, presumably she's talking about having a high interest in sex. Lovely, great, healthy, that's completely okay. Um, but what I'm hearing is that as a relationship becomes longer term, that she kind of notices that some of her male partners drop off in sexual interest. Um, what I would comment on that is, you know, what we know about desire discrepancies, and so what that means is if one partner has a higher sexual interest than the other, which, you know, typically occurs in all relationships to some degree. But again, we typically think of the woman in a heterosexual partnership having the lower level of sexual interest. What I'm hearing here is that this woman may just have a healthy, high sex Mm -hmm. drive and just finding herself in relationships with men who have a slightly lower sex drive, going a few days without sex. Um, again, you know, we all have our different levels of preference of frequency, but there's nothing problematic about not wanting to have right. sex for a few days, even a week, even as it gets like beyond that time frame, as long as your partner's on the same page. Right. So I'm kind of hearing something that just goes against that stereotype or norm about how men should always want sex and also that men should want more sex than women. Um, so again, it kind of plays into that dynamic right. that shows up. Or that um, men or that men want sex right away because mm-hmm. that's not always the case either. And that may feel men might interpret this as they may not want it, but they may feel pressured simply by the expectation that they may think maybe women have, or that other guys uh, say that they should want to have sex right away when many men don't, they want to get to know somebody before they have sex. Absolutely. And I mean, we're all different and there's different, you know, situations that play out, you know, in dating relationships or as relationships become long term. But again, it's just normal human variation. Sometimes we're excited to have sex, we're feeling horny, sometimes not so much. But that last part that you were talking about, about sometimes men feel that they do need to say yes or even initiate sex that they're not even that interested in, that might show up even at the beginning of a relationship Mm -hmm. before we're feeling as comfortable being our authentic selves. It may be as our relationship kind of progresses that these men and the partners that she's talking about specifically um, may just be kind of finding their natural rhythm of sexual interest. They might just kind of being at the beginning, wanting to make sure that they're coming across as a, you know, kind of fitting that stereotype and maybe trying to play into more of that masculine um, norm that we've come to expect. Right. Here's another text. Uh, Men may not want sex all the time, but I haven't met a man who doesn't want sex regularly. But what's regularly? See, here again, you have men who want it regularly monthly, regularly weekly, regularly daily, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of variation there. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's hard to know, you know, um, one person's experience of having male partners who are interested in frequent sex. And again, like you said, regularly, that could mean a lot of different things. Um, but we do know that um, it's not uncommon uh, for men to actually experience such problematically low sexual desire. Um, in other words, it means that they are distressed by it or their partner's distressed by it. 
Um, and we see numbers that are hitting as high as like 15% of men at any point in time can be reporting desire that's that low. Right. Um, so maybe it's not that woman's experience. Um, but again, that is, it's certainly happening across the board. Exactly. Another one says, I think the media has fooled a lot of us when in rea- reality, it's us women that have higher libidos. Well, the research doesn't exactly show that, but it, it, but we are seeing women with higher libidos. It's just that we don't see them in clinical practice necessarily. Right. Um, but right. they they are there. Uh, my guest tonight is uh, Dr. Sarah Hunter Murray. She is a sex researcher and the author of Not Always in the Mood: The New Science of Men, Sex and relationships, and uh, we have lots of myths to get through. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff about physical appearance and pornography and who initiates, and, like, we're learning a lot about what men are and aren't in reality rather than simply what is fed to us through the media. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. My guest tonight is Dr. Sarah Hunter-Murray. She is a sex researcher and the author of Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men's Sex and Relationships. The book will be out February 12th. Uh, you could pre-order it now. If you want more information about the book, you can always go to her website, sarahuntermurray.com. Uh, interesting text, uh, Dr. Murray. Uh, let's see. Um, could you finally please either confirm the truth or dispel the myth of there being a direct correlation between the size of a man's penis and that of his shoes? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you could answer that. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I've certainly heard the anecdote and the, you know, the belief behind it. But as a sex researcher who wants to see the stats, I haven't seen that um, specific study that could prove or dispel. So I'm sorry I can't uh, offer a good answer to that one. (laughs) Although I have seen the study, the research on that, and there is no correlation between that. But there is some correlation with finger length somewhere uh, that I remember seeing, but not about a man's feet. So that, oh, there that's, you go. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Uh, all right, let me see. I've got others here. Um, some men may not be interested after the first time or they play hard to get. So we don't know what's going on in, in those situations, I think, in, in, ref, in reference to what the, uh, the other uh, texter was writing to us. We don't know the kinds of men, right? Well, I, I mean, the only thing that stands out to me there is, you know, I, if if there's a man who is interested and maybe like kind of pulls back a little bit, something that's been showing up in my research and clinical practice is how much men want to feel wanted, desired, and chased. And so there might be this idea of like, hi, I'm interested in sex. I'm still like, you know, sexually active and, and wanting to engage sexually, but I kind of maybe want you <laughs> to come to me. Maybe you suggest that you're interested. You, you kind of flirt or, um, you know, wear something nice, kind of suggest sex. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if that could be what's happening there. Right, exactly. Or as, or as another texter writes, it could also mean that the man is drained, quality over quantity. They seem to fall asleep after while I'm still ready to go since it takes a long time for me to come. I broke up with a guy because he was too tired, but in retrospect, it was less than 24 hours since our last session, and he had to be up for work in a few hours, and we were drinking, which made me hornier than usual, but I wasn't working at the time, so that wasn't fair of me. At least she recognizes mm. that. 
After typing this, I feel guilty as I wasn't being reasonable. It doesn't help when someone tells you that you are too hard to please. And see, this is where a perfect example of where our expectations and our perceptions and where the myths come into play, that then we start to look, see this as a problem. Absolutely. That was beautiful. I couldn't have uh, um, planted a better question. That's, that's exactly what we're trying to get at is, you know, we have these ideas of what we think, you know, I'm in the mood, you're not, what's going on, taking it personally, maybe getting upset, and then reflecting on maybe there's more going on, fatigue, stress, we were at different stages, he had to work, I wasn't working at the time, um, all those things that allow us to potentially feel a little more closer and connected to our partner by better understanding what's really happening versus what we think should be. Absolutely. Uh, so how... Um... All of these traditional takes or all of these expectations that we have that we put on men, how would you see this affecting relationships? What have you seen in your research? Um, well, there are tons of ways that uh, these myths are playing out in relationships. And I mean, as we've been talking about, there's this kind of um, personal um, thing that's happening for women. So they're, they're kind of being offended sometimes when their male partner isn't in the mood, um, which causes distress and strain that shows up outside of the bedroom. Um, I'm also hearing a lot of ways that men aren't um, feeling they're able to be their most authentic version of themselves. So sometimes they're feeling like they have to play into these roles being versus, being, versus being who they really truly are or acting like how they truly feel. I mean, we know anytime we're not being our authentic self in a relationship, it's just creating this, um, you know, this space and void between us. We're not really seeing, we're not being ourselves and our partner doesn't get to see who we are. So again, this idea of feeling that we need to initiate sex, and this is again from men's voices that I've um, collected in my research, um, this idea that we have to initiate sex that we don't want necessarily, the pressure to say yes to sex, even Mm -hmm. when um, perhaps men want to say no. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of women can kind of relate to that experience of having sex that you're like not so excited about, but maybe you kind of give into like we, we kind of talk about that even in a healthy relationship. Yes. But I don't think women kind of think about the fact that men are actually um, doing that. And that's not just um, men as they age, because I think sometimes we feel a bit more comfortable talking about men's sexuality changing in those later years, so right. say like late 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond. Um, but there's research to suggest that even men like in college, you know, emerging adulthood, so those early 20s into 30s are feeling some of those pressures to um, initiate sex and say yes to sexual opportunities that they don't necessarily want to have. I think that's a, a really good point and very, very important that we uh, that we look at that too, you know, and, and also the whole emotional side, right? That, that I think we, you brought that up earlier, that uh, men are more into the physicality of it and not so much tying in the emotions. But again, that is so not true of every guy. So we have to make, we have to be so careful when we make these generalizations. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, You know, there is that idea that for men, sex is mainly physical. And of course, we want ideally sex to be pleasurable. That's not the issue, right? To go into it because we're feeling horny or because we want to experience pleasure. That's a great reason to have sex. Um, But again, especially in these um, relationship structures, um, what seems to happen is there's um, a belief that many women have that with their male partner just wants sex and they start kind of feeling like they don't necessarily want to connect with them. They're kind of missing that uh, for men, a lot of times that desire to have sex is that connection. Sometimes men say that they want to have sex to feel closer, that for them it's like a way in. Right. Um, so it's not necessarily just the selfish need to get off. It is about feeling close and connected, experiencing that touch. Um, and I think a lot of times when women kind of understand that that's um, potentially where her male partner's coming from, 
they can they can sometimes find themselves being more responsive because it feels a lot nicer to think of our partner wanting to be as close to us as possible right. that they might be feeling emotionally detached versus that they just want to get off and we happen to be the only one that's socially appropriate say in the apartment or house that we live in right uh, there's many things that and there's so many things we need to talk about male sexuality is huge <laughs> we're only uh, skimming the surface here so uh, I know there's there's still many things I want to discuss with you um, especially about uh, not just men's desire, but what they, men's desire to please their partner. You know, often mm-hmm. women will look at it as uh, that it's like you said, getting off is the primary purpose, but actually a lot of men do not want to have sex if their partner is not into it. Uh, so that's something that we uh, we can discuss. And I got lots of questions coming up too that I want to discuss with you. <laughs> It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. My guest is Dr. Sarah Hunter-Murray. We are focusing tonight on male sexuality. She wrote a book called The uh, Not Always in the Mood, The New Science of Men, Sex, and Relationships. I am getting hit by many, many, many emails, which we will never be able to get through tonight which means we're going to have to have you back, you realize. <laughs> Maybe <great>. even regularly <laughs> even. <laughs> so <laughs> here's an interesting question. Um, Dr. Laurie, uh, on New Year's Eve in Quebec City, I met a 56-year-old woman. I'm 42. She paid for my hotel stay, dinner, and breakfast. Condition, I go to third base with her. Does that make her a sugar mama, me a gigolo, and both of us sex addicts? All of these are assumptions and mm-hmm. myths right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's okay for this uh, woman to have high sexual needs and to take charge and to initiate. And it's completely okay for this um, person who wrote in to um, accommodate if that feels like he's going in as a willing participant. And as long as they're both consenting adults who are doing things that they're comfortable with, um, you know, the fact that it goes a little bit against that um, norm that we're used to uh, doesn't make it unhealthy, um, in in my opinion. No, and and nor in my opinion, but I find it so interesting that the word even sex addict will come up mm-hmm. with that, or that a woman who is uh, actively seeking sex would be considered a sugar mama, for example. Absolutely right. So, uh, and and this is of course what we're trying to do is dispel myths, and there are. There are so many. (laughs) Uh, Let me get to more of the emails here. Um, Some men may not be interested after the first time. Oh, no, we said that. They play hard to get. Women have higher libidos when they are very attracted to a man. I would say that women have higher libidos in the beginning of relationships. It's not necessarily when they are very attracted to a man because... They could be very attracted to their uh, partners of long-term relationships. It doesn't mean that their uh, spontaneous libidos are active either. Absolutely. And I mean, the research does suggest that women report experiencing higher levels of sexual desire at the beginning of a relationship and that kind of um, waning a bit over time, although not, um, you know, there is some variation. Of course, there always is. Um, so that, that part fits. 
Um, but it is interesting. I mean, in this whole challenging of men's sexuality, it, it kind of the other piece of it is challenging our assumptions about women's sexuality, right? And giving women more space to step into these sexual roles, mm-hmm. being able to want sex, being able to advocate for it, because we are taught socially for men to initiate, to pursue, to be interested in exactly. sex, to want sex, and for women to kind of be um, a little more demure and say, say no. So anytime either um, either men or women go outside the box, we do tend to have some questions about it. Absolutely. Uh, this texter writes, uh, women are such hypocrites, always acting like they don't want sex when in fact they need it more than most men. Why do they feel they need to carry on this charade? I think that's taking it a little extreme. I don't think they that they want it more than most men or need it more than most men. I think there are great variations and that that we can't just be gender, uh, like generalize on the gender on that. Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think um, there are some women who um, have higher sex drives than they feel comfortable um, embracing because, again, those social norms about stereotypes that women shouldn't, that they, you know, the good girl doesn't want sex. They don't have this high drive. Um, and so I think some women repress it, but it's hard to know, that, again, the, the cir- circumstances that that um, caller is talking about. Right. Another text writes, as for the man not being interested or playing hard to get, I make them fall asleep after and I get men who are nothing more than friends with benefits keep coming back and driving to my work to look for me when I don't answer the phone. My partner still wanted to have sex after the first time. As we were still together, it wasn't a one-night stand, it was just the frequency, but I will take into account this study and the emotional needs of my partner, so thanks for all the valuable info. It's hard enough for us to understand ourselves, let alone other people. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for that. It's true that, why did why did you write this book? Let, let's get that out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the reason I, I wrote this book um, was because I just feel, again, that there is this really narrow, one-note stereotype about men's sexuality, that there's this idea that it's simple, constant, straightforward. Um, you know, we get stories um, in the media about how men are sex-crazed. We see that portrayed on um, in movies and TV shows, on songs. You know, there's that kind of um, obvious example of a male singer surrounded by women as if he couldn't be satisfied by right. being with one woman. You know, we see that, we hear that, we, we are influenced by that day in, day out. Um, but what I'm just seeing over the course of my research, over the course of my clinical practice, is men just saying, you know, it's not always like that, or maybe there was a time it was like that, whether it was when they were younger or early in a relationship or at one period of time where things in their life were maybe a bit simpler. Um, but again, we're just, you know, we're not talking about all these other pieces of men's lives, you know, getting older, being a father, the stresses associated with work, fatigue that we all experience. That's right. Um, and then again, just like these normal variations. It's not just serious health problems. It's just normal ups and downs, times we're in the mood, times we're not. You know what, what I find is a big problem is that women, we're socialized to, or we find it easier to talk amongst ourselves and mm-hmm. share more intimate parts of ourselves so that with our girlfriends, so that when we experience problems, we may be more likely to seek out help or support or what have you. But when men are experiencing issues, they don't talk to other men about it. So all they're hearing are all the great stories of guys. Oh, I did this last night. Oh, I got, you know, we had sex for three hours. And so all the men that are not experiencing that, or that may be uh, that aren't measuring up, let's say, to the the ones who are talking about it, are feeling like, what's wrong with me? And they're not opening up about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. My hope is that, you know, through reading this book, that it kind of normalizes men's experiences. Of course, there's never a one-size-fits-all. But again, like I said, that stereotype, we know the stereotype, right? It's about giving space for that other side, for the more nuanced side, the complex side, the side that maybe um, doesn't feel desire all the time. And just to say there's a lot of men who experience this, completely normal, hopefully helping men um, hear that maybe for the first time. Um, and hopefully helping their female partners um, understand them a bit better. Absolutely. I just want to clarify this texter writes, I'm interested in having a sugar daddy and just signed up for seeking arrangements. So to say that having a sugar mama is weird is hypocritical. In 2019, equal opportunity as the world is changing, changing, go get her tiger. We didn't say um, having a sugar mama is weird. We didn't say that at all. What we were referring to um, was the thinking that it was weird, like that they were even questioning that it, that they were, that this was a sugar mama or an addict or what have you, when Mm -hmm. it could just simply be nothing (laughs) and just a desire expressed, right? Definitely. Uh, Dr. Murray, we're going to have to have you back. I so, I uh, great, wonderful, because this uh, we just have lots of texts here about male sexuality, and clearly men are f- seeing a place where they have a voice, and we want to give them that voice. So we will definitely get you back on here and uh, focus more on this issue. If you are interested in uh, finding out more about the book, sarahuntermurray.com. The book is available February 12th. You can pre-order it now at Amazon or uh, Chapters or what have you. It's available everywhere. So once again, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sarah. We really appreciate uh, the time you spent with us. Really, really do. Thanks so much for having me. I had a a blast. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, Thank you all for spending your hour with us as well and for all of your texts. I do apologize if we didn't get to all of your texts. I promise to answer some of them uh, tomorrow on tomorrow night's show. Uh, So listen in or or you can always check out the podcast. If you want to find the podcast of this program, go to uh, drlaurie.com and it will be up uh, within the next few hours or so. Thanks to our technical producer, Brian Kalisar. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Petito or my website, drlori.com. Coming up next on CJD, you've got the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. To go.